The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you for joining unto us. Thank you for every life in this place. Thank you for what you are doing in every life. Thank you for that which eyes have not seen. Thank you for that which ears have not heard. Thank you for that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of man. Thank you for the privilege to come before you and to learn of you. Thank you for the privilege to come before you and to worship at your feet. Thank you for the honor to wait upon you. Thank you for day one of the fast. Thank you for day two. Thank you for day three, day four, day five, day six. Here we are, day seven. We know it is not by power, nor by might, but by your spirit. We give you praise and thanks and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Today, Lord, in every life present, do that which eyes have not seen. That everyone that has been relegated will be promoted. In the name of Jesus. And your name will be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. Let's pray and ask God for the Lord. You may be seated. You can sit. Amen. Um, I believe that what I'm hearing in my spirit is right now is from relegation to promotion. From relegation to promotion. We are the prayer meeting. You know, this fast is just fantastic. You know, God is just taking us, you know, on a journey. On a journey. Fantastic journey. Today, we are in part two of our series victory and we, we said that to secure victory we need to deploy proven principles of war you know and in deploying these principles of war victory is assured in fact historical generals that don't even know God stumble upon these principles and as you will learn, as we have been learning, these principles are all rooted in the word of God. So as God's people, we will look at the word of God, look at these principles and deploy them in our lives. We will look at historical battles and see how they deployed these principles successfully and learn. And the Part one of the series, we, we looked at the principle of what? The, of, the objective. We looked at the principle of the objective. And today, we are going to look at the principle of the offensive. That was the principle of the offensive. Straight away, the principle of the offensive is simply this. Advance, attack, grab, 
an exploit. Advance and attack the opposition. Grab and exploit the opportunities. That is the principle of the offensive. You know, after you've set a clear objective, the next thing is to what? Advance. Everybody say advance. Begin to move forward. Begin to attack. Begin to grab. Be begin to seize. Begin to exploit opportunities. And many times, a lot of us, we are passive. We are just, we are sitting down. We are waiting for a miracle. We are waiting for heaven to do stuff. And God is saying, no, advance. You attack. You seize. Grab. The opportunities and exploit the holes. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Deuteronomy 2, 1 to 3. The children of Israel found themselves in this interesting situation where a lot of us find ourselves in. And, you know, the word of God says, we wandered around the region of Mount Seir for a long time. For how long? I was a long time. We wandered around the region of Mount Seir for a long time. Then at last, I was say at last. Then at last, the Lord said to me, you have been wandering around this hill country long enough. Move forward. Turn to the north. You have been wandering around this situation long enough. It is time to move on the offensive. It's time to move on the offensive. I'm here to challenge you. And to speak into your life by the grace of God, I'm here to say to you, dare to move forward. Dare to move forward. Dare to take the step. Dare to take the step. Dare to move forward. Every time there's a move of God, the move of God is always preceded by a sound. And I can take you from Genesis 1 to Revelations every time. As far as I know, there's a move of God about to start. There's a sound. There's like a, a, a clarion call. In the beginning, the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And what? There was light. And you can go on and on and on and on. Elijah, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Boom. Rain started. And New Testament, Acts of the Apostles, before the move of God, there was the, the, the sound as of a mighty rushing wind. Boom, you know, and the Holy Ghost was released. What am I saying? God is giving you the sound now. Dare to move forward. I'm here to make that sound. Attack. 
Have you, you know, back in the day when we used to watch all the, um, the um, Oriental Wars and all that stuff, and you have, I mean, the, the infantry, I mean, and uh, the cavalry, you know, they are all lined up, and one general, and one general, and all of a sudden, one general, you know, nothing happens. Everybody's, they are fuming, they are fuming, they are charging, they are raving, they are raving. All of a sudden, the general says, attack! You know what happens? Everybody plunges forward. God is saying to you, attack. Praise the name of the Lord. You are going to go from relegation to promotion. Life is a battle. Life is a battle. Business is a battle. Marriage is a battle. You are still trying to make your spouse happy. Meanwhile, another person is trying to put eye inside. I mean, exam, battle, everything, battle. You need to understand, and I said last the part one, that in this war of life, you are the general of your life. And so someone said, it says that war, once declared, must be waged offensively. Aggressively. The enemy must not be fended off. The enemy must be what? Smitten down. The enemy must, once the line is drawn, the enemy must not be fended off. The enemy must be smitten down. Listen, guys, action is everything. Action. I must say action. The accent. Like, uh, you know, if you don't know, you were born in the year 2000 or something. The accent governor. You see, I, 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 there are two types of people in the world. Largely. People are lopsided in one direction. You have the thinkers and you have the doers. It's not that the thinkers don't do and it's not that the doers don't think. But you have predominantly thinkers and doers. You know what I've realized? It's easier to get a doer to think than to get a thinker to do. I will always employ a doer over a thinker. Every time, hands down. Action. That was action. Why? Because you can teach an action person to think. But it's difficult to, 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 to get a thinker off their butt. They're always analyzing. After you've analyzed, they will analyze again. Then you finish analyzing, they will analyze again. Then they get what they call analysis paralysis, as they say. They're stuck. Action is everything. Action is everything. The person that commits to continuous action in vigorous pursuit of his goal will always, always have an advantage over the person 
that sits down and waits for a miracle. The person that sits down and waits for a miracle, it go better, it go better, it go better. The person that gets up and executes actions, we always prevail. Always. Always. Always prevail. So the person that commits to continuous, everybody say continuous, continuous action in vigorous pursuit of his goal, we always have an advantage. Always have an advantage. About the person that sits and waits for a miracle. No, I'm a believer. Don't get me wrong. I believe in miracles. But you see, there's a God part and there's a man part. God will not do your part. You can't do God's part, but God will not do your part. You need to get up and attack. You need to get up and action. You need to get up and make things happen. Make things happen. I'm in love with people that make things happen. I see a lot of philosophers, I mean, even in church. Doctors, ministers, they're always there analyzing things. I listen to them and I move on. Keep analyzing. I am friendly as with action people. I will say action. I will say action. Napoleon, Napoleon Bonatti, you know, you know Napoleon, the great general, he said this. He says, opportunities says, I make opportunities. Opportunities? You are waiting for opportunities. I make opportunities. I make opportunities. That's someone that doesn't know God, at least by all indications. Doesn't appear that he does. In the battle for North Africa, I said we'll be talking about historical battles. The popular part for North, North, North Africa, yeah? Northern part of Africa. The Italians have suffered huge defeats from the British. Huge. And they sent word to the Germans to come and help them. Now, British intelligence, of course, was up to date. They knew the Germans were coming. But the British calculated before the ship arrived, before the birth, before they offload their tanks and jeeps and sent them in array. So they were coming up with a plan. But the famous German general, Bommel, as soon as the ship betted, he was dispatching the tanks into battle in waves. The British were still calculating. They didn't want to hit them. Wave after wave after wave and dealt with them totally. Won the war. Not because the British had lesser military capacity or, 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 or they didn't have the intelligence or the intelligence were, were not accurate. But because the Germans were on the offensive. Every force that is on the offensive mostly prevails over the defensive force every time. So the defensive force is mostly at the mercy of the offensive force. It's mostly at the mercy of the offensive force. You know, I, I, I play sports. And this is also so true in sports. There's a new sport I picked up. 
I used to, when I, when I see them play back in the day, I say, what are they doing? It's so simple. I can't waste my time playing this sport. Tennis. Until I started playing it. <laughs> and I knew how difficult it can be. Not because it's difficult, how technical. How it engages every part of your being. It's like, it's like warfare. And I've watched the greatest players are the attacking players. Or players that are able to turn defense into attack. They are strong defensively, but they are able to transition. Novak Djokovic, one of the best defensive players in the world, is able to transition very quickly from defense to attack. He's defending, he's defending. Before you know it, transition it. And, and, you know, the players that I have most difficulty with playing, play different type of players. Are players that even if they are five love down, they are hitting the ball. Recently I had a match, I was leading the guy four love. Four. I mean, that is, that is some gap. Guy came from four love and won me six four. Because the guy deployed everything in the, the he did everything illegal legally to get the advantage, and he did. Praise the Lord. This same Napoleon said, no great battles are ever won on the defensive. You cannot win on the defensive. You cannot. No great battles are ever won on the defensive. None. You need to be on the offensive. In prayer, you need to be on the offensive. In giving, you need to be on the offensive. In forgiving, you need to be on the offensive. In loving, you need to be on the offensive. Don't wait till you're the person ask for forgiveness. Forgive them in advance. Be offensive. Don't wait. Be offensive. The sport a lot of us love, which is football, soccer, not all of us, I know, I know some, some ladies' eyes went, ah, oh, he's about to start a soccer game. Yes. From as long as I can remember, I've always played forward. On the wings, as I grew older, I began to play in the center forward. I've always loved to attack. I've always loved to lead counter-attacks. I've always, why? Because I, I, listen, in soccer, I just don't get midfielders that are always passing sideways and backwards. It irritates me. You don't win matches in your lower third. You win matches by attacking. Praise the Lord. So, all balls forward. In fact, unfortunately, when Barcelona was Barcelona, should I start this thing? Okay. When Barcelona was Barcelona, one, one, one of the, one of the some clubs tried to copy them in, in, in passing. 
they are passing in front of their posts. And I watched the match and said, these people are not serious. Barcelona will take the ball into the front of your box 18 and begin to pass. Back in the day of Pep, I don't know what they are doing now. Why? Because you win matches by attacking. There's a club, I don't want to mention the name. If you score them five, they will score you six. They are not strong. They, well, kind of defensive. Okay, you know, you know, you know the club, don't you? Which club? You don't know. Man City, largely. Eh? Which club? We. I'm not to say people are just biased because you don't support Man City. Come on, that, be objective. Largely, largely, they are not very good defensively, but they will. Largely, they will score more than you score. Even the Italians, the brazenly defensive-minded nation, they are changing their patterns of play into attack. Why? Because you don't win matches defending. You win matches how? Attacking. Everyone say attack. I just attack. The best goalkeeper in the world, Manuel Neuer, is an attacking goalkeeper. Statistics shows that he spends more time outside of his box 18 than inside his box 18, the goalkeeper. In a match, he gets the ball, he's setting his wingers free, he's, he's, he's sweeping, he's, he's creating forward motion, forward movement. Why? Because there is no nation that wins defensively. There's no army that wins defensively. There's no life that goes forward defensively. There's no career that makes progress defensively. There's no business that makes progress defensively. You have to attack. Praise the Lord. And a, a master of, of attacking, a, a general in history, master of attack, is Genghis Chan. Genghis Chan of the Mongol Empire. Genghis Chan. His attacking strategy is straightforward. He besieges a city. He divides his large army into three. They all have shifts of eight hours each and he attacks the city 24-7. There's no rest. There's no break. There's no, let's go and uh, regroup. Wave after wave after wave after wave after wave and in history, there has never been a city that has been able to withstand his attack. He grew from he overtook Asia from northeastern Asia and he spread over the whole of Asia, Middle East, even parts of Eastern Europe. Put up the first slide. This is in 2012. This is the Mongol Empire. This is large enough. This, this is more than half of China right now. About half of China. Right? Next slide. By 2019, sorry, 
2019. Next slide. By 1223, he passed on 1222, passed on the baton to his son. Next slide. 1227. Next slide. 1237. Then next one. 1257. Then next one. 1279. 1279. <laughs> Imagine that. The Mongol Empire is the largest contiguous empire in the history of man. The British Empire is only bigger in landmass because it's scattered all over. And the reason for expansion was not defense. The reason for expansion is one word. And that word is what? Attack. Attack. In fact, it got to a point that, that cities would say, okay, you know what? Take the city. I'm telling you, they just say, take. But uh, have mercy upon us. And he was a good guy. If you come to him like that, he won't kill you. If you just collect tributes. <laughs> tributes. In the spirit realm, prayer puts you on the offensive. Prayer puts you on the offensive. This season of fasting and praying is so, so powerful. Don't miss it. Prayer puts you on the offensive. Puts you on the offensive. In Luke 18, verses, verse 1 and verse 8, in Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus gave this story. He says, one day, Jesus told his disciples the story, how a woman, how, sorry, how men should always pray and never gives up. So this woman went to the judge and says to the judge, avenge me. Attacks the judge. The judge called her bluff and she kept on kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on until the judge cracked and said take what you want and Jesus in verse 8 says I tell you he God we grant justice to them quickly but when the son of man returns how many will he find on earth who has faith? Now, if you, if you hear the word has faith, you would think it's a passive thing. But if you read the story that Jesus gave about having faith, having faith is action. It's knocking on that door until the door opens or you break it down. Jesus is saying, when I come, will I find people that will, take, that will not take no for an answer? Will I find people that will understand the objective that God has for them and keep hammering until they get what they want? And I say to the Lord, look no further. Here we are in God's favorite house. Here we are. 
we will give all that it takes. And we will get a breakthrough. You need to be offensive in your prayers. Offensive. Be on the offensive in your giving. Be on the offensive. It's, listen, you know, yeah, Pastor um, Gandhi was telling us last week how he gave himself out of a tight place. And I smiled. Why? Because I had to do the same thing. As a church, we did the same thing. We did the same thing. When we're trusting God for the land, we gave. I won't tell you the details, maybe another time. We gave offensively. Offensively. You can't be passive. Because most people are just waiting for a miracle. Someone to come along and help them out. Don't wait. God is saying to you today, attack. Stop making excuses. Stop saying there's a lion on the street. Oh, it is so hard in Nigeria. Meanwhile, in this same Nigeria, people are getting wealthy. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about people that are doing fraudulent things. I mean, like he also said yesterday that he's not doing government work. Oh, yes. I know people that don't bribe anybody. Their revenue for the years, it's, it's, it's amazing. If you keep looking at people that are cheating and anybody that is worthy, say, oh, you don't know how they got their money. Don't deceive yourself. There are people that are wealthy and they are on the right path. Any of such people here? <laughs> they are on the right path. Stop making excuses. Instead of making excuses, choose to make progress. You cannot make both at the same time. Your oven cannot bring out excuses, produce bake excuses, and bake progress at the same time. No, 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 no. The oven, God, the, you, your oven will choose one. What it will bake? Excuses or progress? What will it be? A great world general, you know him probably, first president of the United States of America, George Washington, he said, I quote, 99% of failures come from people who have the habit of making excuses. In any organization, 99% of failures come from people that will make excuses. They will even have research data to, to back it up. That this is why this project failed. Check. If you run a business, check. Even in your home, check. The children that makes excuses the most are the ones that don't do their homework. The pastor, ah, daddy, I don't, my pencil, my pencil got broken. Oh, daddy, oh, um, 
Never took light. Oh, excuses, excuses. You can't make excuses and make progress at the same time. But you will make progress. In the mighty name of Jesus. The best world generals and successful people. I said you are the world general of your life, right? They take responsibility for their affairs. Whether they are in paid employment, whether they are working for someone, or they are running their business, whatever, they take responsibility for their affairs. They are full of action. They are intense and they are committed to victory. David, amazing, amazing. You know, you can't even talk about war generals without talking about David. David is one of the most brilliant war generals that has ever worked on the face of the, of the earth. And he got it right with God at the same time. David, 1 Samuel 17, saw Goliath. Goliath cursed David. David cursed Goliath back. What does that tell you? Attack. Don't let the enemy have a final say. Whether it's the enemy within or the enemy without, whether it's a voice on your head, every voice that tells you you can't make it, answer back. Make sure the enemy doesn't have the final say. If it's an enemy without that says you will not answer back. In a, in a very popular um, bank in this country, back in the day, years ago, there was this lady, you know, she was like SU kind of lady, loves God, passionate, and the boss was like, you are always stopping the show in this place. As long as I am in this bank, you will not be promoted. And the lady said, Oga, with all due respect, I will be promoted. As long as I am in this position, are you not? I say, oh God, with all due respect, I will be promoted. Of course, you know how the story ended already. The guy lost his job and she was promoted. <laughs> Always answer back. I don't care who, who, who spoke to you, who, who speaks to you. Always answer back. Even if it's your mother, speaks negative things about you. Answer back. With your father speaking negative over you, answer back as respectfully as you can, but answer back. Saul said to David, You can't kill this Goliath. David answered back, I will kill him. And he gave his reasons I killed the bear, I killed the lion, I will kill this one too. Goliath cursed David with his gun. David said, You come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, I'm going to cut off your head. And I'm going to give your flesh to the birds. The person that was speaking did not have a sword. He didn't have a sword. And he said, I'm going to cut off your head today. Goliath was angry. The Bible says, Goliath moved towards David. 
David says offense. I'm a master of offense. The Bible says David ran towards God. Goliath moved. Was it doing uh, boom, boom? David did what? Ran quickly. Attack. Attack. Reached into his pocket. Taking out a stone. He hauled it with a sling and hit the Philistine's forehead. And the stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down. We've said it again and again. I'm going to say it again. Every time you attack, you move forward. Heaven moves forward with you. Every time you take a step, heaven goes ahead of you. Of course, the step in God, as I hear, I do. Don't order what uh, you did order. So you don't have to pay, you know. You know all the gist. Get last week's message. Every time David threw the stone, hit the Bible says, read it, he hit Goliath's forehead. Now, we've said it over and over again. If it was the stone that killed Goliath, when the stone is coming with a high velocity and hits Goliath's forehead, what should Goliath do? Stagger and fall backwards. But the Bible said, Goliath, the stone hit his head, Goliath staggered and fell forward. That tells me there was an unseen force that was just waiting for David to release the stone. And as he released the stone, they guided it there so that it would not look like it, nothing happened. As the stone touched Goliath's head, they whacked his head from heaven. And he fell forward. Read the Bible. It's in the Bible. He fell forward. Every time you move, God says, attack. Now, David did not say, let me go and pray. David said, this Philistine is coming down. This Philistine is coming down. This Philistine is coming down. And God is saying to you this morning, get up and attack. For some of us, it's now education. You need to you need some personal development attacking to happen. Get up and do it. For Samuel 38, the Lord answered this same um, David. The Lord said to him, pursue for you will surely overtake and without fail you will recover all. You don't recover on the defensive. You only recover on the offensive. And for the principle of, of the offensive to Work, it must be ignited with audacity. The principle of the offensive is ignited with audacity. I was audacity. You can't be on the offensive if you are not courageous. You need courage. There's some great general called Frederick the Great. Frederick the Great, his motto, his motto is this. It's in French, so I will try. Lodes, Lodes, air, tujo, Lodes. 
Don't worry about my French. What it means in English is audacity, audacity, and always audacity. You need to put that in front of your, your, your room. Before you sleep, see it. When you get up, before you go out, see it. Audacity, audacity, and always audacity. Courage is always expressed in the willingness to go forward. God is saying, go forward this morning. Attack. You have been round this mountain long enough. They will tell you in, in military parlance that the most essential quality of a general will always be courage. The most essential quality of a general will always be courage. Who is the general of your life? Hmm. The most essential quality of a general will always be courage. And I know we've talked a lot about active courage. And we must have active courage. For instance, I, I have a um, son, spiritual son. He's lived different places in the world. And he called me one day <laughs> and I was lamenting. What was his issue? There was this baby he wanted to marry. And the girl really liked him. But every time he went to see her, they would be playing Ludo. They would turn the eyes, snake eyes, double six, blah, 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 blah. And the, and the girl, they had a good relationship. And the girl was waiting. Ah, this guy, is he not going to... Uh... Waited, 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 waited. Long story short, some other guy that the girl also liked, but not as much as he liked him. Came, attacked, pestered her, pestered her, bought her roses, took her out. She was reluctant initially, hoping for this guy, but the guy just bamboozled her with love and oh, say, What? This guy, what? I don't know what. This is Ludo, Ludo every time. <laughs> Went and committed to the other guy. Then my son called me. I was like, Oh, Pastor, what should I do? I was angry. I said, Who? Who is your father? Better. You cannot toast the babe. Say, when I go there, my mouth will hook. <laughs> I said, that hook in Jesus' name. Let it come out. What is hook? What is hook, my friend? Open your mouth as, and toast that babe in Jesus' name. Okay, I know some of you are like, oh, Pastor, how can you be talking like that? This is God's church. Come on. You're frustrating the girl. Just say it, you won't die. So I know that we've been talking a lot about active courage. But it's a part of courage that every war general, in fact, when I read it in the, one of the books of the war generals, that they said that. Every war general must have what they call moral courage. The ability to control yourself. The ability to say no to excesses. The ability 
to walk away from things that are enticing. It will save your life. Proverbs 25, 28 says, a person without self-control is like a city that is broken with broken down walls. Anybody can attack you. You have to have courage to say no to pornography. You have to have the courage to say no to anything that will defy you. You have to have the courage to say no to stealing. You have to have the courage to say no to lying. And courage can be developed. Courage can be developed. How do you develop courage? Simple. You develop courage by acting courageous. You are afraid, though. But just shake it off. Act as if you are courageous. That's why you develop courage. I'm telling you for a fact. Everyone that appears courageous knows fear. Everyone. The more you act courageous, the more courageous you become. Ralph Waldo Emerson says that make a habit throughout your life of doing the things you fear. If you do the things you fear, the death of fear is certain. If you do the things you fear, you, I'm afraid of to talk to my mother and toast this babe and talk to her. You're afraid, eh? You're afraid. Do it. When you do it, you have confidence in your business. You're afraid of, of knocking on that door. God says, knock on it. So, knock on it. Often, a hero is merely a coward <laughs> who is brave five minutes longer. That's the hero. I, I, this, is, this is so, so, so true. Back in the day, in, in the first church I pastored, when we were going to acquire the land, the land at the time cost about 160 million. And we had a meeting with, you, you hear Pastor Sheye, Pastor Sheye Kusoko was here, right? You hear him, he talked about that experience. It still tells me today that he changed his life forever. The family meeting, they had a family meeting and they have an Honorie Ebi sitting down, which is the head of the family. And the land was 160 million. And, you know, they said, what do you have to offer? We have people that are bringing money. You are the church. You want the corner piece. You want the, the prime place. What do you have? And I said to them, we have 5 million and we are going to start having service there in two weeks. Pastor Sheh would later tell me that it was, supposed to, it was our lawyer as a church at the, day, at the time. He said to me that when I said that, that he's been a lawyer for years. I mean, he's done different transactions. He was like, guy, <laughs> hey, you're going to lose this whole thing. But he, you know, I just thank God for people like that. Like the armor bearer of um, um, Jonathan said to him, Whatever is in your heart, do it. I'm with you. You want to fall on the Philistines? I'm with you. He said he held himself back. And everybody, you know, they were upset. They wanted, some people wanted to walk out of the meeting. Blah, 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 blah. I was afraid, but I sat down there. I was praying in tongues under my breath. They put up an offer. Something he said, hmm, collect this offer. Go and look for the money. Maybe you want to borrow it. I said, no. Five million, no deal. And we're having service there. You have said there in two weeks. Then they 
meeting was going to go south. It was about to go south. I was about to cave in. I was just holding on. A God of heaven. Make a way, make a way, make a way, make a way. All of a sudden, the Elijah, the Lorebi, she still called me recently. As in, she spoke up. She told everybody to keep quiet. You know, in Yoruba culture, you know, they have this very strong hierarchical thing. Everybody should keep quiet. She says, Pastor, what did you say? I swallowed the, what did I say? <laughs> Do I even have the courage to say it again? We'll pay for me, Lord. I will begin to have service there in two weeks. She looked at a lot of them. That's what's going to happen. Now, now, she was like, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. I've never seen. I'm like, well, I don't know. The, the hero is just the coward that held on five minutes longer. Shikena. Courage is a habit. You can develop it. You can. The only person who has never fallen is the person who has never walked. Don't be afraid of falling. But if I try and it doesn't work, big deal. Get up again. Why? Because fear is based on exaggeration. And guess what? Faith is also based on inspiration. Inspiration is like an exaggeration of God's word that exploded in your mind. So you need to be courageous in one direction. Everybody that is fearful is courageous. They just don't know it. They are courageous in negative direction. The people that are fearful, for instance, in Nigeria, that are running away to other countries, is that not courage? They are courageous. But like Naomi, after everything finishes, they will still run back. Because Nigeria is the country to be. Oh, don't even get me started on that. I need to go on. Let me zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. Now, exaggeration. I must exaggeration. There's no dishonor in falling. There's no dishonor in falling. Why are you afraid to fall? Why are you afraid? There's no dishonor in falling. The only dishonor is in failing to get up again. There's no dishonor in falling. You tried, uh -huh. you did jam, uh -huh. jam, jammed you, uh -huh. You collect the form again and jam it back. <laughs> you do it again. I see you breaking every curse in your life courageously. I see you walking into your destiny courageously in the mighty name of Jesus. There's this story I want to close with. It's called there's a principle called the corridor of um, the, the corridor principle. I will illustrate it with this story. They did research for an MBA class, series of MBA classes, and they found out that these people spend this amount of money, this amount of time to get an MBA. What's an MBA? Masters in Business Administration. And only 10% of them go out to start a business and are successful. 100 of them, 100% got the same tools, the same teaching, but only 10% steps out. And the research was enormous and the conclusion was the same. 
the people that didn't step out, didn't step out out of fear of failure. And the people that stepped out were not even sure. There was not one that was sure, but they took the chance and became successful. And they discovered that even these people that didn't become successful, didn't do anything with the NBA, didn't become great, they quoted their excuses with big, big English. Big, big grammar, excuses. And like the pastor and the says, just picked it up perfectly. He says, fear often disguises itself behind the mask of care. Fearful people often excuse their fear as caution. Oh, we have to be cautious. We have to, be, we have to take calculated risk. There's no wrong to take calculated risk, but a lot of people say calculated risk is big grammar for fear. And here is the corridor principle. 100% of the people that stepped out and became successful, all of them said the success, the amazing success they encountered was not in the direction they initially set out to get. So success almost always, they say, come from a different direction than anticipated. The key is commitment to take action. So it's like a corridor. Do you enter a corridor, you think you are going in that direction, but you meet a roadblock. Things happen. Then as you are trying to solve the problem, door, a door open to your left, another door open to your right, you take that door, Huge success. Look, I can tell you, when I resigned from paid employment, what I set out to do, what I ended up doing was far from it. But if I had not stepped out, I would not have discovered what I eventually began to do. In modern warfare, there's what they call the guided missile. The guided missile can be guided internally or externally. The technology has not gotten to that point yet. But ideally, when a missile is guided, it is programmed inside. When it is launched, it is launched with the target programmed in it. It can go, turn around a hill, go down on um, sea level to avoid radars, go up, avoid obstacles until it hits the target. And there's a control center where the missiles are being controlled from. And I read in a business book, these people really don't know God. They said, you must after you've taken your step, you must believe that they called it universe. That universe is 
make it happen for you. When I read it, I laughed. I said, universe, they are saying, there's a miss, they cannot, they don't know what it is, but everyone that steps out, something guides them until they hit that target. As a child of God, you have been programmed as a missile for your destiny. The enemy may throw curses at you. You are going to dodge it. They may throw obstacles at you. Jump and pass as they say. Until you hit your target, you will not stop. In the mighty name of Jesus. So you are a missile. Launch. Believe. That God will guide. That God will orchestrate. That the target will not be missed. Attack. Be on the offensive. Exploit. Grab. Seize. For God is with you. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. As we pray. As we think about what we have shared. So many of us, we know, we, God has spoken to you, given clearly in this message, there are areas that you know that now I must take action. Now I must take action. Why don't you begin to talk to God about it? But, but for, for some of us, the, the action you need to take this morning is you need to come to Jesus. You need to come to Jesus. My brother, Every time there's a move of God, there's always a preceding sound. I'm making that sound for you today. Come to Jesus. Well, you say, Pastor, I used to be with Jesus, but I'm backsliding. Can I come back? Yes, you can come back. That is me. I want to pray with you wherever you are. You don't need to stand up. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now. Quickly, over your head. God bless you. Put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, don't just scratch your head. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Well, that is me. That is me. God bless you. Over there. God bless you. Over there. God bless you. That is me. Put up that hand. Quickly, quickly. And take the card. That is me. At the back. At the back. That is me. Put up that hand. And take the card. And take the card. I'm about to pray. That is me. God bless you. Another hand there. At the side. The scriptures are scrolling if you are online. That is me. Put up that hand now. Over your head. Quickly. 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 Jesus. Come into my heart. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today and everyone that is here. The places we need to action, the people that are surrendering to you today, we ask that you cleanse them, that they hear you clearly beginning from today and their lives will never remain the same. The places we need to action, Father, make it come alive to us. Change us totally. Let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.